If you've got a Bible, Psalm 84. And uh, as usual, it, I think it will come up on, on the screen, Psalm 84. Uh, you know, today's, today's message actually came to me at the bus stop on, on Monday morning. You never know when inspiration is going to come. But uh, as, as uh, my kids' school bus pulled up outside uh, the bottom of our driveway and the doors flew open for the kids to jump on and the bus driver pointed down uh, at the space between the curbside and the first step of the bus and he yelled out, mind the gap, mind the gap. And, and I'd, I'd never actually heard him say this phrase before and so we got into a bit of a conversation. He said, you know, if in England or in, in Europe, uh, that all of the buses and the trains, they, they actually have this phrase, mind the gap, playing as, as an automated message. Yes, right, Lauren? Definitely. Thanks for the, the British people here today. And, and, and so and then, I, and then I found all of these photos uh, on, online with these, with these words. And as I just been pondering this, this phrase, mind, mind the gap, and I just felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit sort of saying, hey, that, that'll preach. That'll preach. And, and so uh, if you're taking notes, I, I've entitled this message, Mind, Mind the Gap. And I, I want to talk about the journey of faith that each one of us are all on. And we're all on different places in that spiritual journey. But guess what? We are all on a journey. In fact, every single person with or without Christ are on a journey. And uh, but how, how many know that there often exists in our, in our lives a gap, a gap between where you may be currently and where you would love to be. Anyone experience that gap or maybe living in, in that gap right now? It may not be your whole life. I don't want to assume that. It, it could be certain parts of your, of your life that you're, you're sitting in that space between where you, where you uh, are and where you, you could be. Maybe Maybe it's a dream that's not yet been fulfilled that you're, you're waiting for. Maybe it's uh, a prophetic promise that hasn't yet come to pass. It could be a personal goal that you're, uh, you're wanting to see established in your life. It could be an answer to prayer that you're still waiting on. But uh, in other words, there is space between, between that place that could be in the future somewhere and and right here, right now. You're following me? And that's what I'm referring to as, as the gap, that space between what or where or who God is calling you to become. As we're all on, on this journey of becoming, of, of being conformed to His image, of, of uh, drawing closer to God. And, and, and I've, I've realized over the years that my faith, and I expect yours too, by and large is is lived in the gap. It's lived in that space, in that tension zone, if you will, in the space between the curbside and the first steps of the bus. We live out our lives, we live out our faith in, in that space by and large. A lot of life is walked out, is worked out in that space where we, we are becoming, we are maturing, we are growing, uh, sometimes we're struggling, right? We, we are sometimes limping or wrestling through that space, but it is where life is lived. Life is lived out in, in that gap. I, I uh, found this quote from 
a guy called Alfred de Souza. I don't know much about him, but that he's a philosopher. And he says, quote, for a long time, it seemed to me that life was about to begin real life. But there was always some obstacle in the way, right? Something to be got through first, some unfinished business, time still to be served, a debt to be paid, then life would begin. He goes on to say, at last it dawned on me that these obstacles were my life. That, that is our life. It's, it's the life and the, and the faith that we live. There are always things to overcome. There are always things that we're heading toward and, and hopefully moving in the, in the right direction. And, you know, as believers, particularly as, as believers, we tend to be, and it's not a problem, but we tend to be a little destination focused. I don't know if you've found that, but it certainly is for my life. We're often thinking about the future and the, and the things to come, you know, like the best is yet to come, right? Which is true, but we're often kind of focused on that. We're, we're thinking a lot about the future time of space, what God's going to do or, or about to do. And we don't always give a lot of attention, a lot of focus to the journey of getting there. The process of going on the way. It's, it's not always, always glamorous, right? Like we love the high points. We love the, the things to write in the journal. You know, oh, this happened or that happened, or I saw a great miracle, or this prayer got answered, or there was that breakthrough. But, but most often that those are moments, and the rest of our faith is worked out in, in, this, in this space. It's like it's like we are focused often on that. Pl- it's like uh, going on a trip with children, going on a holiday with kids in the car. And if you're a parent, you'll know the word or the phrase that often gets spoken. Are we there yet? Like, are we there yet? And it's like, hey, we've not even backed out of the driveway. We- we're not anywhere close. And then two minutes down the road, they're asking again. It's like we keep on saying 15 minutes. And then like 25 minutes later, are we there yet? It's 15 minutes until they realize, you've been saying this for ages. And, and most, most years as a family, and we haven't done it in a, in a couple of years, we head to the North Island just during that Christmas break to see family. And, and uh, it's like a 25-minute plane flight, I believe one of the shortest domestic flights from Nelson to Wellington. But because we want to take our car, our vehicle, and shove it full of everything you can think of, the dog and boogie boards, and it's like, it's like an eight-hour trip, 25 minutes or eight hours, and we always have to choose the longer one, and it's a couple of hours to get to Picton, and, and then it's an hour waiting for the ferry, and, and then it's like a, what, a three-and-a-half-hour trip to get over across the Cook Strait, and then another hour or so. Uh, in, in, in the car again, and no one in our family enjoys the journey. We always moan about the journey. The journey's never the, we just want to get there. To the, that's what it's all about. Let's get to the beach. Let's get to wherever we're staying. Let's be with family. But that trip to get there is, is never, never the focus. I've, I've told the story before, but it's too funny not to share again. Uh, about four years ago, uh, we, we had to take it, we were taking a trip to to Wellington, and we found out about private cabins on the ferry. I don't know if anyone's ever had one of these before, but I thought they were just for truck drivers, but no, they're available for anyone to get, and I think it's about $70 on top of the, the price that you've already paid. 
and you get a private room with bunks to, to kind of go in there with, with uh, be away from all of the screaming kids because your own ones are loud enough. And, and, and then, and so we arrived in Picton. It was a pleasant day. What we, what we didn't realize is that there was really strong gale force winds in the Cook Strait, huge swells uh, about to greet us. And so we'd booked this five berth family cabin. I don't know if you remember the story, but, and the thought was if I could just get the kids to lie down, in fact, all of us just go to sleep, we can kind of bypass the journey. We'd just be unconscious to it, right? Just get, get through this. And, and, uh, and then about an hour into the sailing after we'd come out of the, the sounds, by about an hour in, four out of six of the Smith family had thrown up inside this private cabin. And, and, the, and the fifth member was just teetering. Like, she was no help at all. It was me doing all uh, of the cleanup. And uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, please, I don't want to make anyone's stomach upset, but the first one was right in the middle of the cabin. One of the kids like, oh my gosh, we've got a rubbish bin kind of there. And then the next one was on the armchair in this cabin. The third one was in the bathroom, made it there, but you know, everywhere else. And, and then the other one was all over their own face. And, and just to make sure I'm not embarrassing my kids, it's the one that's not here today. But, but uh, and so after about an hour and a half, we had to abandon the cabin and go sit on the deck in the wind and the rain. It was completely uh, pointless. But, but all, kind of all that to say, we don't like the journey. We don't focus on the journey. We, we want to get to the destination and, and, uh, and to getting there, to arriving. And if we can get there as fast as possible and as pain-free as possible and without any dramas, I'm in. Let's, let's do it. Get me there now. Give me any kind of shortcut. Give me some pills so I can sleep through it. I just want to get from this place to that place and let it be done, right? And it can be a little like that with our faith about where we feel God's calling us. I, you know, all of his promises are yes and amen, but can I have them now, right? It's the, I, I kind of add on, add on to that. And I just, I just feel the reminder uh, of the Holy Spirit today saying, Mind the gap. Hey, just let's be mindful of this space that we find ourselves mostly in in life. Be mindful of the journey, of the process of actually getting there, of becoming, of maturing and growing and, and the many obstacles that we, we often have to work ourselves around. Give careful consideration to where most of our life is lived and worked out of. Mind the gap. Mind the gap. In Psalm 84, let me just read this before uh, I forget. And I think it's uh, on the screen as, uh, as well. If we could just put that up. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. I just want to read this one little verse in Psalm 84, verse 5. And, and you'll, you'll re- recall this passage. It says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, in God, whose heart is set in on pilgrimage. Blessed is the man and, and, and woman, of course, whose strength is in him, whose hearts are set on, whose, whose hearts are focused on the pathway, not the destination, not just on, on the finish line, uh, but the space, the, the place of pilgrimage, the, the gap that exists. Blessed are those whose hearts are set in that, in that space. I, w- I was just reminded as I was kind of pondering all of this, of, 
of Israel in the Old Testament before they arrived, before they got to their destination, how, how poorly they minded the gap, uh, that space between where they were and the promised land which, which God had given them. The Bible uh, suggests or gives us an indication that the journey from uh, Egypt, or at least just out of Egypt across the Red Sea, and into Canaan, the place which God had given them, uh, should have taken about 40 days. So we, we know that because the spies, the 10 spies were sent out and then they came back to give their report. That took 40 days. It was, but, but you know it took actually 40 years to get, to apprehend, to, to fulfill God's promise. 40 years when it could have taken 40, 40 days. And in the book of Joshua, chapter 5, verse 6, it says, for the sons of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation, that is the men of war who came out of Egypt. So that's the original team. And we're talking about a lot of people, a lot of people. Uh, uh, they perished because they did not listen to the voice of the Lord. And I would say they did not mind the gap uh, to whom the Lord had sworn that he would not let them see the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers to give them a land flowing with milk and honey. And there's just a huge lesson here for us when it comes to stewarding the process and the journey, the, the pilgrimage, the space between the places where we, we want to get to. See, your ability to steward the journey will determine the time of your arrival. That is pretty good. Your ability to steward the journey, the gap, will determine the time of your arrival. So take prophetic promise, for example. We're a prophetic church. We, we love uh, to, to uh, receive and, and steward the prophetic word. And uh, we've got Alistair speaking next Sunday, by the way, so, uh, in-house prophet. So don't, don't miss that. But... But, uh, you know, think about the things that have been spoken over your life. And for, for Israel, very clearly, it was the promised land that had been, you know, 400 years in captivity and slavery. But this promise was sitting there and, and, and uh, it was a home for them, a nation for themselves, a land, the, the promise says, flowing with milk and honey, a, a wonderful place. But you see, a prophetic promise. So I want you to see it like this is like a divine invitation from God to step into a reality that he is permitting. In fact, not just permitting, that he is opening up a way for. It's like a picture, an invitation is given. To, I, this is over your life. I want you to step, step into it. But we have to steward its fulfillment in, in our lives. And, and often our inability to mind the gap is what leads to delays. Not, not always, but... but it can be. It certainly was for, for Israel, right? There was a delay because they didn't, they didn't mind the, the gap. And for, sadly for them, uh, almost all of the men that, that God gave the promise through Moses directly to never saw the promise fulfilled in their lives. Only, in fact, even Moses himself, right? Only two men, Caleb and, and Joshua. I, I preached a, a message a couple of years ago called Right Here, Right Now. And uh, I, I said, we can have such a focus on what God will do that we often miss what he is doing. Yeah. 
And I went on to say that often what he is doing will lead us to what he will do if we would recognize and, and steward that. And so I just want to give you three points this morning around minding the gaps of our lives because we'll all find ourselves in it in some way. We're all, we're all uh, have, I'm sure, a, a goal or a, a place that God's wooing us and calling us to out from the jaws of distress to a wide and spacious place. That is the, that is the call of God on each and every one of our lives to draw us out of those restricted places and into spacious places. So I just want to give you three very simple, very practical points. And I know we started late today, so this won't be too long. But, but num- number one is this. When it comes to minding the gaps of our lives, you need to know you've got to be grateful. Be grateful in that space. Man, it can be hard. I'd rather be grumpy than grateful, but we've got to be grateful. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in some circumstances. No, it says give thanks in all, all circumstances. Why? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You want to know what his will is? You want to get to where God wants you to go? Make a habit of giving thanks while you're living in the gap. It'll get you through and it, it will get you to that place. I don't, know, I don't know who said it, but uh, a grateful heart is a magnet for miracles. A grateful heart is a magnet for miracles. The Israelites complained a lot. They were a grumpy bunch when it came to living in the gap. And I think that is possibly the tendency for all of us while we wait while we process, while we journey, while we pilgrimage, while we live in that gap, we can kind of get a little grumpy about what we're currently living, living through. And, and I'll just read out a few verses of, of these guys just to give us a reminder of what not to do. This is not on the screen, but let me just throw some of these out to you. You can turn it if you want. Exodus 14, uh, verse 11. This is after they've fled Egypt. They said to Moses... Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? Is that what it's about, Moses? (laughs) Is that why you've done this? Like, What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. Let me stay in bondage. I just want to stay. I should have stayed in slavery. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. That's Exodus 14. Go over to Exodus 15, verse 24. Again, after they'd Cross the Red Sea, and it says, And the people complained against Moses. More grumbling and groaning. Turn the page again, Exodus 16, verse 2. It says, The whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, or in, in the gap. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. They're trying to, they're trying to make bondage sound good. Slavery sound good. Like, you know, isn't it funny how you, when, you, when you're walking through some circumstance and some tough times, you start living like thinking about what, what could have been. Like, oh man, it was, it was better back then. <laughs> it's amazing what they kind of, would begin to believe, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. That's, that's Exodus 16. Go over to 
chapter 17, verse 2, it says, Therefore the people contended with Moses, Give us water that we might drink. Moses said to them, Why do you contend with me? Why are you so grumpy? Why do you tempt the Lord? Verse 3, And the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it that you've brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? I love Moses' reply, verse 4 of chapter 17. Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, what shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. Moses was fed up. And in fact, that's kind of what led to the promise for Moses being taken off his life. His leadership was, was just a, a little bit stressed. But, but what an ungrateful bunch. And we can kind of laugh at them a little bit. But you know what? It can be hard while we are in the gap to maintain an attitude of gratitude, but that's what we have to do. And I just, I just suggest that we get ourselves into a lifestyle or a habit of thanking God in everything. Make a mental list, make a physical list, if you will, of things that you can thank Him for. I try and begin my prayer time or if I'm out for a walk with thanksgiving to God. There's always something to be grateful for, right? When we start to focus on those things and not the stuff that's not happening. And if you can't think of anything, check your pulse. If it's beating, thank him for your life. Someone said this morning that they were alive. It was Jan, right? You got a chocolate bar for that. But be, be grateful. Be, be grateful. Number two, uh, don't just be grateful, but you have to live purposeful while you are in the gap. Well, if we're going to be mindful of the gap, we have to be grateful and we have to live purposeful. In other words, be really mindful of your life right now. I'm not talking about mindfulness, guys. I'm talking about being, being giving careful consideration to your current life and what, what you are doing. Where are you going right now? Where, what, what are you doing right now and where is it taking you? It's a very good question to, to ask. What, am I, is, is, what I'm doing right now is, is taking me somewhere. It's either taking me closer to God or, or, or away from Him. And, and one of the things that I try and do, and it's a struggle while in the gap, is, is to make sure that my confession lines up with the promise or it lines up with the things that He's spoken of me or who He says that I am. Uh, again, with Israel, I love the confession uh, of, of the two men, the only two original generation who crossed the Red Sea that God then allowed to see the promised land jo were Joshua and Caleb. And when, when the other 10 spies, and I think Jan spoke about this a few weeks ago, they, they were sent, to, or the, the 10 spies were sent to do that kind of reconnaissance trip over into the promised land and come back. We know that, we know that, uh, their report back about whether they could take the land. The only two people whose, whose report back lined up with, with the, conf, the, the promise of God was those two guys. I think we have this on the screen. Yeah, we do. Numbers 13:30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. And, and he said, we must, we must go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly conquer it. But the men who had gone up with them replied, we cannot go up against the people for they are stronger than we are. You must line up your confession while you are living in that gap space 
to what God is saying, what God is doing, and what God has called you to. You have to. It is essential that we confess. We've got to be purposeful about this. Remind ourselves what it is God has said, what His Word says about our our lives. Just make sure you're on God's side when you're living in the gap. Make sure you have His perspective, or it's going to be really difficult. Uh, Otherwise, it's going to mess with your journey. And I know so many people, I've I've watched them living in the gap and get completely sidetracked. People that you will know who who are no longer walking with the Lord because the gap time, they were not mindful of it. And you will get taken out if you do not mind the gap. Mind the gap. Living purposely means being mindful of how you are living. You know, we often live with this this tension of what we believe God is willing and calling us to and what we're currently seeing, right? That equals, that's the, that's the definition of that gap. They don't always line up and there's that tension there. I, I love what Psalm 119, 105, it's not on the screen, but you'll know it. Your word, David said, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I won't start singing the song that some of you will know. Maybe I won't know it. Uh, <laughs> Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In other words, a lamp uh, illuminates our present position. A lamp tells us where we are right now. And, and, and this is where I am. A light shines the way ahead. This is where I need to go. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In other words, his word will help you navigate today and get you where you need to be tomorrow. It'll light light up, it'll illuminate your current position, and it will guide you, therefore, to where you need to go. And sometimes we're always sort of applying His Word to the future. God, where is it that you want me to go out there somewhere, future tense? And we've got to realize that He's just as interested to be that that lamp to our feet, as well as a light to, to our path. Don't neglect in the gap to feed on His Word. It will become a compass that will guide you presently and lead you to your future. Amen. Good. All right. Number three, last one. Uh, be grateful, live purposeful, and, and, and enjoy the journey. Try and enjoy, enjoy the journey. Psalm 118 verse 24 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. And then the, the, I think it's the New King James Version and the New Living Translation adds on that last two words, let us be glad in it. What is it? Today, right here, right now. Let's rejoice and be glad in this day that the Lord the Lord has made. I don't think that necessarily means that we just have to always have a smile on our face, right? I'm just like, life sucks, but at least I'm smiling. I, I think it's I think we can acknowledge difficulty and, 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 and trial in our lives, but, but I think about how do, how do we rejoice and be glad. It's the, it's the knowledge, it's the reminder, it's the, it's the, uh, the truth that, that God is in the gap. He is a God of the gap. He is living with you. He is with you in that space between the curb and the first step. And, and he's not just standing on the finish line of your life or at the finish line of your accomplishments or your achievements or at the finish line of the fulfillment of those prophetic words. He is actually with you right here and, and, and right now. 
And there's a funny little story, not funny at the time in the New Testament. And I'll, I'll kind of begin to finish with this, I think. And maybe, guys, you could come and, and play it behind, behind this. It's in Luke 24, not on the screens. And, and it, it, it follows two disciples, not 12 disciples, but the bigger group. Two disciples who find themselves in this space. And it's a space between promises, if you will, a very small space. Because Luke 24 uh, begins on the morning of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and there's a whole lot of confusion going on for those who are in that moment, uh, obviously around where Jesus was and what had happened to him, because the, their Savior, the one whom they had, had walked with, the one who was supposed to redeem Israel and destroy the oppressor had been a few days before arrested, beaten, crucified, and buried in a tomb. And, and then there were all sorts of strange reports going on about what then had happened. It, in other words, it wasn't what they expected things to go like. And little did they realize that he'd actually risen. I just want to read this to you. It says in verse 13 of Luke 24, the same day, two of them, two of the disciples, were going to a village called Emmaus. And this is known as the seven-mile miracle, the journey that they were walking. About seven miles from Jerusalem, they were talking with each other about the events, everything that had happened. Verse 15, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, listen to this, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. In their seven-mile gap of discouragement, of sadness, of confusion, Jesus was literally walking with them in the gap. It says in verse 15, but they were kept from recognizing him. I don't know why they didn't realize, but, but they weren't. He, he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still. It says their faces downcast. Ah, oh, this... this this journey, this gap that we're walking in right now, it says one of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Like, have you not heard the news? What things, Jesus asks, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed. The funny thing is they're telling Jesus this, right? The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since this all took place. This is, this is a three-day gap. In addition to that, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but could not find his body. They came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus, it says. They did not see Jesus. They, they, could not, they did not understand that Christ was actually with them. And it's such a beautiful reminder to us. And one of the mistakes, if you will, that we can make is believing that while we journey and pilgrimage in the gap, that God is somehow absent, that he is only at the finish line calling us on, but he's not actually with us, that he, he's withdrawn or he's, he's distant. These, these disciples were so downcast that they did not realize or even recognize that Jesus himself was with them on the journey in the space called the gap. And I just want to tell you and anyone who's listening this morning that, that you can rejoice 
and be glad. You can enjoy the journey because Jesus is with you. He's with, don't mistake, don't, don't, don't think he's absent. He's with you in this space between where you are and where God is, is calling you to be. Come on, why don't we stand? Why don't we stand this morning? I'm going to pray and then we're going to finish with a song, right? Yeah, come on. So, Father, I, I thank you this morning. Thank you right here and right now. God, I, I thank you for the many, many promises. I thank you for the things that you've spoken over lives individually. I thank you for the promises that you have over, over, over this, this people, this church, this nation, this community, the, the things that you are going to do, the things that you haven't yet seen. I, I thank you for the hope that we have, that God, that's our faith, Lord. It's, the, it's, the, it's that, that belief of God about what you're going to see, even though we don't see it today. We thank you for those things. But I pray for every person right now who's in the gap who's in that waiting period, who's, who's just walking through in that journey. Holy Spirit, I pray for the reminder for us this morning that you are a God of the gap. Help us to be mindful of that space that we live in. God, we raise a hallelujah. We thank you. We, give, we put on a, an attitude of gratitude because you're with us. You don't leave us nor forsake us. You're with us this day. God, you help us in every part, every place. I pray wherever there is struggle right now, the Holy Spirit, you'd give us that reminder, God, and that strength and that empowerment that, Lord, you're with us in this time, that we may be mindful in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.